the Protectors of the Wood podcast. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 76, Face to Face with the Man of Fear. There was silence on the sidewalk as people, shocked by the arrests, took stock of the situation. The police were gone, but so were Patty, Peter, and Sammy. The sky darkened as the thick clouds caught the sun low on the horizon. Phoebe was wondering, What do we do now? Should I be afraid for mom and dad? I can't even tell. The crowd was not dispersing. People stood around as if waiting for another act to this play. Officer Harley came walking down the sidewalk. All right, all right. The show's over. Let's all just go on home. But his presence seemed to attract more people. A group clustered around him, asking questions. And what the hell is this, Harley? Is this even legal? What's going on in this town? Harley just shook his head, making no effort to reply. Penny's voice was rambling on to no one in particular. My stuff's all gone. I should go home and get on the phone. I wish Jim were here. Where do you think that barracks is those cops mentioned? Maybe Jeremy will drive me there. Phoebe wanted to help, but she knew that she had to wait. She was thinking. It's getting on toward dusk. Time for Abby's public emergency. Is this real? Is something really going to happen? A voice in Phoebe's mind was saying, I'm going to wait and trust Abby. I gave her a solemn promise. Tom Winkle took his burlap bags out from under the wooden crates. I'm going to finish my job. I have a few vegetables, and I saved what was left of Peter's toys. He'd want me to give them away. Tom set up the angels and the Santas again in rows on the crate. Phoebe picked out one of each and put them in her pouch. I don't know what I'm going to do. Gazing around in a daze, Phoebe noticed a group of men moving up the sidewalk across the street. She recognized Mitch Connolly and his brother Will. They stared at her and Penny 
and made comments they couldn't hear. Be careful. This is starting to feel all wrong. Phoebe watched the group move up to the benches in front of the Middletown Standard. More men arrived. Listen, Phoebe, look at me. I said, be careful. You should come home. I can't. Go ahead. Mom and Dad need you. Get Windeman and Terrence Williams on the phone. Tell Jeremy to stop by here after he drives you. I'll stay here with Tom. Still frowning and obviously dissatisfied, Penny walked down toward Main Street. She seemed to radiate sadness, all alone in the darkening air. The thunder rumbled close at hand. Penny waved and then disappeared behind the parked cars. Phoebe watched the crowd build in front of Peabody's office. The benches were full and people stood around reading what looked like a new edition of the Middletown Standard. A few men seemed to be laughing and pointing at her. Why don't you walk over and have a word with Tuck? He wants to see you. Your sisters, right? The atmosphere is changing. I'm leaving in a few minutes. A black SUV double parked in front of them. Terrence and Windeman jumped out and ran onto the sidewalk. Where'd they take them? Was it the same guys as last night? Tom and Phoebe gave all the information they could, including Phoebe's request that they pick up her sister walking along Main Street. In two minutes, Terrence and Windeman were gone. A wave of relief washed over Phoebe. She thought, Okay, now I can do what I've got to do. Phoebe called to Tom. I'm heading over the church. I'll be back later. I'll drive you home. I'll be here for you. No, please don't wait. Jeremy's coming for me. No, I'll be here for you. Phoebe limped slowly up the sidewalk past the locked and deserted toy store. All her recovery from the knee injury was lost. The late afternoon sun sent a glow under the rolling banks of storm clouds advancing over the forest. The air had an eerie light, as if everyone were underwater and moving in slow motion. She began to understand the voices from across the street. Oh, looks like she had a little accident. Too bad about that. <laughs> the mockery stung Phoebe. She stopped and stared back with the late afternoon sun in her eyes. Hey, I guess she's got more courage in town than in the forest. <laughs> Phoebe began to link toward them. They became silent, waiting to see what she would do. She had no plan at all. 
but Sammy had inspired her. She took off her hat and looked steadily at the faces before her. They were mostly men, with two women she had seen a few times, Scudder's wife and her sister. Phoebe noticed Jerome Peabody trying to hide from her in the back. Phoebe was getting close to the hostile group. Some people have a lot of courage when it comes to hitting women who don't expect it. Mitch whistled and commented to the others. Not bad. She's got spirit. But hey, that wasn't us. Don't blame us. An ice-cold voice suddenly sliced through the twilight air. Shut up. The tall, thin man came forward, and Phoebe looked into the face of Milton Morphy. His eyes glittered as he returned her stare. <laughs> you got what you deserved. I guess I do deserve to be punched. Can I have a paper? I just want to see how fair your coverage is, Mr. Peabody. And you probably own this newspaper, Mr. Morphy? I've grown up here, and I know you love this town. I'm sure you're doing your best for us. We young kids are all counting on you. On all of you to make this world a better place. She looked among the faces, but Peabody was not there. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Phoebe found the bloated, smug face of Bob Bentley. Miss High and Mighty, making this world a better place. Yet you hang out in abandoned houses with a devil worshiper. You can't deny it. Want to tell us what you do there? What were you doing there, if you know so much about it? Tell us all about this devil worshipping. It was a standoff. Bentley would not reply. Suddenly Morphe stepped up to Phoebe. More than a head taller, he looked down on her with fierce disapproval. She struggled to meet that cold gaze. <laughs> you have no idea what this is all about, do you? His eyes bored in on her with quiet intensity, as if the eyes were speaking to her alone. Do you? <laughs> do you? Phoebe could not keep a faint quiver of a smile off her lips, or a faint spark of understanding from her eyes. Well, well, maybe you do. Maybe you do. She tore herself away and limped back across the street. He won that round. He's too smart for me. Now he knows that I know about Dreamstone. It's an advantage for him and scary for me. Phoebe crossed Old Stone Road and headed for the churchyard gate. She saw Fred and Chester on their horse-drawn wagon coming down Bridge Avenue. 
She stopped and waved, and they waved back and called out something. But Phoebe couldn't hear, for at that moment, an enormous truck pulled out of Hobart Avenue and took a wide right turn into the lane in front of the church, trying to pass the wagon in the right lane. It was a long 18-wheeler with a colossal container. The driver tried to cut back into the right lane of Bridge Avenue to make a delivery at Scudder's Market. Fred stopped to let the truck pull ahead. No cars were coming up the left lane to interfere with the truck's wide turn, but a black BMW double parked in front of Miracle's gift shop was in the way. The truck turned more sharply than Phoebe thought possible, missed the back corner of the BMW by inches, and accelerated forward, seemingly in the clear. But a sickening crunch rang out with a fall of broken glass. The front corner of the container, sticking out beyond the cab on the sharp turn, had caught the back corner of the BMW. The container was wedged about a foot into the crumpled metal of the car. Stop! Stop! Phoebe saw Chester run around the front of the cab, waving his hands at the driver. Oh, stop, you fool! The back of the container blocked Hobart Avenue, and the front was on Bridge Avenue blocking Old Stone Road. Fred's market wagon and two horses were somewhere on the other side. The engine of the truck roared and the container lurched, bumping the wagon forward a few inches and wedging the container more firmly into the back of the BMW. The horses tried to rear. Fred let them rise a few feet, but somehow held them in place. He freed the horses and walked them calmly back up the sidewalk and disappeared up the road, muttering a long stream of curses. Meanwhile, all three exits for traffic coming up Bridge Avenue were blocked. The truck was caught in a trap and could not move. Officer Harley walked up to take charge of the situation. His walkie-talkie squawked. The truck driver sat motionless with his face in his hands. Anything I can do? Phoebe immediately thought. What a futile thing to say. Chester gave her a withering look. Get these trucks off the road, why don't you?
of the wood podcast find all our podcasts songs and projects on our website protectorsofthewood.com and to all the eco warriors out there remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts